Lord, we thank you for this sacred space. As we listen to your words, I pray that your words will illuminate our minds. Yeah. Our hearts will be convicted. We may feel a stern in our souls. That your words will not only challenge us, but empower us to work for justice and righteousness in the earth. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Who is Jesus for us today? When I think about American Christianity and the church in general, I have a very hard time reconciling who Jesus is according to the Gospels with the church's definition or understanding of Jesus. You see, the church's understanding of Jesus sometimes flow from what we believe and want to do rather than what Jesus commanded us to do. In other words, while we think we're honoring Jesus with our actions, Jesus is clearly at the opposite end of the spectrum. We have removed Jesus from the forefront of our faith and have allowed our ideologies, prejudices, and lust for power to become the standard by which we express our faith. We have put politics and personal beliefs that contradict the teachings and life of Jesus over and above the one we claim saved us from our sins and made us new creatures in Christ. I'm of the opinion, therefore, that there is absolutely no relationship between American Christianity and the person of Jesus because of what I've seen and experienced. American Christianity gives legitimacy to hate and distrust towards immigrants, Jews, and Muslims. American Christianity condones hate speech and loathing against the LGBTQ community. American Christianity upholds the philosophy that black is bad and white is always right. Therefore, black lives don't matter. American Christianity pays homage and genuflex before a narcissistic, megalomaniac, genitalia-grabbing line president. American Christianity is bankrupt and rife withholds not because this brand of Christianity is separatist, misogynistic, and racist, but because this virgin of Christianity does not know who Jesus is. This brand of Christianity is neither the Christianity of the early followers of Christ nor our ancestors. It is not the Christianity of Harriet Tubman. It is not the Christianity of Annie Julia Cooper, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards, Sojourner Truth, Martin Luther King Jr., and Adam Clayton Powell Sr. The Christianity of the early church teaches that Jesus welcomes the stranger. Jesus tears down divided walls. Jesus promotes nonviolence. Jesus elevates women. 
Jesus embraces all children, even immigrant ones. Jesus provided health care through his miraculous healing. Jesus let it be known through feeding the poor that they should be fed and cared for. Jesus embraced the dispossessed and marginalized and gave them a sense of somebodyness. Jesus called out hypocritical religious leaders and politicians who supported Rome's oppressive regime. Jesus was not bound by the corrupt practices within Judaism in his day. He was only bound to his father. And today's church, my brothers and sisters, must not allow itself to be bound by the corrupt practices within American Christianity but allow the person of Christ to be the center of our focus because when we allow Jesus to be Jesus in the church, we will not tolerate segregation in the body of Christ. We will work to dismantle segregation and reconcile the black church and the white church. We will ask our pastors and politicians why they are silent regarding the killing and maiming of black and brown people. We will demand answers from our elected officials as to why the criminal justice system continues to fail a certain demographic. When Christ is the center of our focus, we will come to see that justice and righteousness are the pillars of authentic Christianity. The Bible says that Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi. When they came into the city, Jesus asked his disciples what has become the central Christological question in the Gospels. The question, who do people say the Son of Man is, tells us that the Christian life is about Jesus. The evangelist Matthew wants to make it absolutely clear in this text that the early church considered Jesus as sovereign and Lord of their lives. This means everything they said and did center on the the teachings and life of Jesus. Jesus did not say to the disciples, who do people say that you are? The early Christians believe that the moment personalities become the focal point of the Christian movement and not Jesus Christ, it was only a matter of time before the movement would disintegrate and die. It was impossible for the Christian movement or for the movement to have sustainability and longevity if Jesus was not the cornerstone, the central focus. And the reason the church is in trouble today is because we have allowed our allegiance to political party, allegiance to friends, allegiance to family members, allegiance to tradition, allegiance to the mantra, this is the way things have always been, allegiance to a shared history to dictate how we live out the Christian faith. And while we are busy paying due diligence to these various allegiances, Jesus is nowhere to be found. We have removed Jesus from the center of our Christian faith a long time ago. And now we are asking why there, why are there so much mess in our churches? Why are there so many mess in our community and in our country? Why can't we just get along? Why can't we come together and speak with one voice? Why does the demon of racism continue to haunt us? We ask these questions without realizing that for some time now, we have substituted Jesus with personalities, politics, and economic interests. When we should have asked, what does Jesus require 
of us in these uncertain times, we ask instead, what is in it for me and what can this person do for me? Will this person allow me to maintain my privilege and power? As long as we're getting what we want, it doesn't matter if Jesus is glorified in the process. It doesn't matter what Jesus says because the church in which we find ourselves today is not about Jesus. It is about personal interests that are intimately intertwined with the dictates of the culture in which we live and the time has come for God's people to say enough is enough. It is time to reclaim Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. Jesus is not only standard. Jesus is not only the standard for us today. But Jesus must be a living experience. Listen to what the Bible says. You are the Messiah. The son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Peter's testimony about Jesus came by way of revelation. Revelation is a disclosure made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a moment of epiphany and when it occurs, it is life changing. Peter's testimony represents the testimony of Matthew's faith community. And as far as they were concerned, Jesus is a living, abiding and palpable experience. When Jesus becomes a living experience for the believer, the believer will take a stand for something greater than his or her personal self-interest. The believer will stand for truth. In this case, Peter's confession of Jesus is an, is an affirmation of who Jesus is and a denunciation of Caesar, the emperor. As far as Peter was concerned, as long as Jesus is the son of the living God, Caesar cannot be the son of God. Peter was not just making a declaration. Peter was opposing emperor worship. His statement was a condemnation of the ruling powers of his time. It is important to note that Peter was able to speak with such authority because of the power of the Spirit. And if the church is going to speak truth to power, we cannot do it in our own strength and power. We will have to move beyond our doctrines. We will have to move beyond our creeds and liturgical order and stand in the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we are way more concerned with our church doctrine, church covenant, creed, and liturgy than the movement of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Spirit of God has control of our lives, we are not going to succeed sit silently in agreement with actions either in the house of the Lord or outside the house of the Lord that dishonor the name and person of Jesus. When Jesus becomes a living experience in our lives, the church becomes what Jesus wants it to become.
become a church that seeks to glorify God and heal his people. Therefore, when we come into the house of worship, we are not coming to be entertained. We come to the house of worship, not out of fashion or form, not out of ritual or habit, but we come because God is not through with us yet. We come to worship and praise because we know what it means to say Jesus walks with me and Jesus talks with me along last narrow way. We know what it means to say on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. We come to lift up the name of the Lord and give the Lord praise because our strength comes from the Lord. If we come here for any other reason than to experience the Lord, then we are in the wrong place at the wrong time. But if we're, but if we're here to rejoice in the God of our salvation, then let us make a joyful noise to the Lord because the Lord is a good God and because the Lord has been good to us. We are free to lift up our hands. We are free to stamp our feet. We are free to clap our hands. We are free to worship the God of our salvation like the way we want to. Free to give thanks to the Lord because we come to God's house to be recharged and re-energized so that we can tackle the problems of the world. We come to lay our burdens down. We come expecting that God can do the impossible. We come expecting that God's healing power can heal our deepest wound. We come to bless the name of the Lord and give him praise without having to feel self-conscious. We come because God is still in control no matter what is happening around us. We come because we are excited to be in his presence. Because in God's presence there is fullness of joy. In God's presence there is peace in God's presence there is mercy in God's presence there is forgiveness in God's presence there is love if you should look back over your life and see what God has done for you we know that in God's presence there is there is deliverance Jesus for us today. It is a church, is a question rather, that we have to answer truthfully and honestly. Because if we don't, Jesus becomes a puppet. And not the savior of the world. Who do men say that I am? You are the Christ. The son of the living God. That's who he is. He is the Christ. Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Amen.